All right, hey y'all, welcome to the Swapcast. Um, this is Venus Kalita here with y'all. Um, and I don't really have an update. Normally we do a lot of sex worker news and I wasn't able to get anybody scheduled for this segment. I do have some folks who will hopefully be coming on in the near future, but scheduling, COVID, work, it, y'all know, y'all already know. Um, but I did want to go over this article from the Huffington Post from a couple days ago. It was written by Michael Hobbs, and it's kind of a long read, so I might do a little bit of skipping, but I thought that overall, this was some pretty responsible reporting. Um, on the topic hey gang, this is audio from Phoenix Kaleeder's Swapcast, and the full episode will be available on its own at patreon.com slash Fund. Uh, where you can just check out the swap cast by itself. I have this in the mixed episode. So, hey, maybe you'll go over to the Patreon where it is posted publicly and free. And then while you're there, maybe you'll be like, hey, I'll throw a buck at it a month, you know, and uh, that'll be a fair deal. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to scroll down a little bit because this is a super long article and I kind of want to keep it somewhat short. Uh, The lack of credible statistics on child sex trafficking is noteworthy. Other threats to children from gun violence, roughly 3,000 deaths per year. Car crashes, roughly 4,000 deaths per year. To sexual abuse, 1 in 9 for girls, 1 in 53 for boys, are backed up by firm, consistent statistics about their prevalence. Most estimates of child sex trafficking... By contrast, use figures from the National Human Trafficking Hotline, a database that collates anonymous reports from phone calls, texts, and internet forms. The organization doesn't make any effort to confirm those reports. As Carolyn Demar, the hotline's director, told me in February, rising or falling call volumes may simply indicate growing public awareness of trafficking as a social issue, not necessarily a change in the prevalence of trafficking itself. That's why over time, sex trafficking organizations have drifted into one of two categories. Some provide provide no statistics uh, on the prevalence of sex trafficking at all, and others use old, debunked, or irrelevant statistics to declare the problem is large and growing. To put it lightly, uh, this is odd. Child sex trafficking is not a new problem. Advocacy organizations have been pushing for increased awareness since the 90s. Congress passed the first major major legislation on the issue in 2000. And yet, even as anti-trafficking groups have collected hundreds of millions of dollars in donations and carried out near-constant awareness campaigns, they still have not produced any credible research on the scale or nature of the problem that they're focused on addressing. Again, with the... um, (laughs) You know, uh, they're not in business uh, to put themselves out of business, and they should be, you know. Uh, We don't have perfect information, but what we do know is uh, that child sex trafficking is less widespread than the viral social media posts make it seem. The Human Trafficking Institute reported that federal authorities initiated 145 human trafficking cases in 2019. Of those, 88 involved children. Other sources indicate a similar scale. According to a Texas Christian University database of every trafficking case in the country, federal federal prosecutors took on a total of 642 cases involving sex trafficking of minors from 2000 to 2015, roughly 43 a year. Which I think is really important to point out because, yeah, I would assume law enforcement isn't catching everybody who's been trafficked. But if it's literally hundreds of thousands of children a year who are being trafficked, they can't be so inept that they're only finding 43 a year. Like, you can't have 300,000 kids being trafficked and only finding 43. Like, that, come on. And come on. And these folks, they have some pretty decent funding behind them. Oh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds like, it's, of millions it's of dollars. It's an industry at this point. It's an industry. 
there are 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. So they're getting less than one a week. Yes. With all this funding. Yes. And, you know, that's something that I've mentioned, well, on the regular podcast and Swapcast as well, is you have to really be careful about the wording in the media. Like, for example, um, it wasn't about minors, but it was sex trafficking, the Robert Kraft case, right? With the um, massage parlor with the Asian workers. Every uh, one who reported on it reported on it as a human trafficking case, like local outlets, major outlets. It was a human trafficking case. They were rescuing these women um, from being sex slaves. You like it was that was like how it was being framed was like Asian sex slaves. But now that um, the case is wrapping up, absolutely nobody was charged with human trafficking because nobody was being trafficked. There was definitely like, you know, illegal sex work happening there, which shouldn't be illegal but whatever not the point um but the point is that you know it was framed as trafficking and now you're like well who got trafficked nobody and that's a constant thing every time they have these uh human trafficking stings and it'll be like local law enforcement working with county sheriffs working with state police working with the fbi or other federal agencies they always frame these things as being you know for trafficking but if you look at the actual arrest and who's getting charged just sex workers being charged with prostitution charges and a couple clients and the robert Kraft one was the one where the um there was a football coach involved robert Kraft owns a football team okay and the um and is that the same one where the police had hidden cameras in there for yes. days, weeks. Yeah, that's the one where um, police made a fake bomb and put it in the plaza where the uh, spa was to evacuate it and said, oh, there's a bomb threat. Everybody needs to get out. And then while everybody evacuated the spa, they installed cameras and then watched these sex workers performing sex acts with their clients repeatedly before coming in because they needed the evidence. See, that's the creepy shit. That makes you just never want to click any pornography again. Because you're like, is this something some amateurs really made? Or is this something... You you follow sex workers and buy their content. (laughs) Nah, there you go. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, no, I get what you mean. Because um, police actually do that a lot. And, you know, police are still arguing that if they can't have sex with sex workers, that they won't be able to collect sufficient evidence. Like, that's still an argument that's ongoing. Collect sufficient evidence. Yes. Like, are you actually taking vaginal mucus... And then taking it back to the lab and testing it to see if this was used to make a financial transaction. They just, you know, it's a, yeah, they like to be disgusting. Yeah, you're, they're basically just good Christians. Ugh. If you're a wine cellar audience member, you get it. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. They're good Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, these, this average of 43 a year, these figures only represent federal prosecutions. According to a 2019 study, 190 suspects were charged under state laws for human trafficking in 2012, the most recent year the data was available. So we're still at, what, 43 plus 109. So we're still, like, under 300. Yeah. Under three. So they almost have a Spartan movie. They almost have a Spartan movie. Or almost one uh, every day for a year. While we're at it, there is no evidence for the theory that human trafficking rings are tied to shadowy international criminals. A survey of every human trafficking case prosecuted from 2000 to 2015 found that none of the cases were linked to international cartels or organized crime. Prosecutions, of course, don't tell the whole story, but other data sources indicate uh, child sex trafficking at a similar scale. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, child protection authorities in 27 states identified 741 victims of sex trafficking in 2018. Uh, But surely this undercounts the problem. Commercial sex with children is an underground market that by definition isn't perfectly captured by reports. Um, But also keep in mind what the author said earlier 
that sex trafficking is anybody under 18 um, exchanging, uh, you know, trading sex for some sort of payment. So out of these 741, to say that they found 741 victims of sex trafficking doesn't necessarily mean somebody who was groomed um, and then, you know, was sexually abused, uh, you know, like, you know, by a pimp or was kidnapped by a sex trafficker. It could also be a 16-year-old runaway who's trading sex for, you know, some creep to pay for their motel room, which is slightly different than um, being coerced by a third party as, you know, as we think of like pimping, as it were. Um, so very different situations. So keep that in mind, too. Um, let's see. While it's undoubtedly true, a significant percentage of trafficking victims are reluctant to come forward. Underreporting simply cannot explain the scale of mismatch. Take, for example, a 2016 estimate that claims 79,000 people, uh, uh, 79, people under the age of 18 were victims of sex trafficking in Texas alone. But the same report noted that uh, local, uh, law enforcement authorities identified a total of 320 minors who were victims of sex trafficking from 2007 to 2014. If both of those figures are correct, then just 0.41% of child sex trafficking victims or 1 in 244 are found by police. 1 out of 244. Those are some di- abysmal fucking odds. 1 out of... <laughs> if, if, like, if that's true. Like, I mean, really think about these numbers and break them down. If 79,000 children in Texas are victims of sex trafficking, but police only have 320 cases... One in 244 are the only ones police are finding. So, like, really think about these numbers, you know, like how they apply. Because people see it and it just seems so overwhelming. Like, oh, like 80,000 kids trafficked. And, but, like, think about it. Like, logically, how does that work? If that was actually happening, mm-hmm. like, nigga, you think Antifa is wild in the streets. <coughs> Parents would be wild in the streets if yeah. that was really going down. And then you got to think, not just parents. Those kids have other family members, friends, sympathetic people, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Antifa would show up for that Antifa one, too. Antifa would show up for that <laughs> one. Yeah. Because nobody, well, I mean, other than pedophiles, nobody likes the idea of child sex trafficking. Rape trafficking. Like, no, we're not doing that. So, um, yeah, I really wanted to think about that. And this article closes out saying, what's a better way to think about the issue? Uh, None of this means that child sex trafficking victims don't matter or we shouldn't care. They do and we should. But Americans have spent the last two decades, especially the last three months, hearing nonstop warning about pedophiles coming for our kids and that traffickers are everywhere. We should maintain constant vigilance against outside threats. It's more reasonable and responsible to ask whether the wide array of things to panic about if child sex trafficking is one of them. All available evidence indicates child sex trafficking is one of the huge number of American uh, tragedies concentrated against the most vulnerable children in society. Most minors who engage in commercial sex do so out of desperation because they are homeless or pushed out of families for being queer or trans. Though some children are indeed recruited into commercial sex by family members or domestic partners, these arrangements are almost always the result of lifelong trauma and vulnerability, the kind of problems that societies solve by bolstering safety nets and expanding social services. This might be a boring conclusion, but it's a necessary one. Caring about children does not mean sharing lurid means about the monster lurking around the corner. It means being honest about what uh, truly puts children at risk, even if the solution requires something we should have done years ago. Hmm. And so I just found this article to be really responsible and useful when it comes to actually looking at the numbers and breaking down the stats. And, you know, this is something that sex worker orgs have been saying forever is like, you know, police are saying all these hundreds of thousands of people are trafficked. And it's like, well, where the fuck are they? <laughs> like, come on. And honestly, it's also like a conversation around this whole like, 
you know, blue lives matter and we trust police. And it's like, if police can only find one out of every 250 child sex trafficking victims, maybe your faith in police is misplaced. I'm just going to throw that out there because those are not great odds. Mm. You know, <laughs> they, they can still trust the police to handle naggers, uppity women, white kids with green hair. <laughs> and anyone else that the white man in overalls and a John Deere tractor don't like. We can trust the police to handle that. But yeah, so I, you know, I really do think it's important to look at articles like this and like really break down the numbers. Like, it's just not like, do you honestly think that there's 244 kids who are just every day just being trafficked and nobody knows where they are? Like, come on, just, just really think about it, you know? So I just wanted to bring that up, go through that. Um, I will add a link to this article from the Huffington Post. And I think that's all I have. So I'm oh, that's of, all we have time. It's 2.04 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So we're out of here. Yeah. I don't even have time. Like, I have to mix this down late Later. tonight when I get off work <laughs> or tomorrow. But I'm working on going to bed shortly after getting get, shortly after getting off work uh-huh. so that I can kind of get up at like 3 p.m. and sort of have the rest of my sort of like introvert nighttime by myself yeah right like yeah like i was actually like waking up as soon as you were going to bed yeah and it was like yeah i'm gonna start and put some shit in the laundry have a doobie look at a show read an article look up tamala horse for again mm-hmm. all right winesellermedia.com but this is swapcast Bye, that's y'all. for swapusa.org indeedly do neighbor and forgot to play the closing music <laughs> all right <laughs> Get the heck out of here. And stop stream. Stop. And stop podcast audio as well. Here. Yo. Yo. I'm on some like new old school type shit, nigga. 90s kids, nigga. We the new old school. I feel it. Dig it. This ain't no motherfucking Drake or no Kanye. Southside, Northwest, this the Bombay. I got a little more to say than the next clown. I challenge what you believe, so you gon' flex now? Get about the mecho chambers, it's bad for you. Just look at the bullshit from last quarter. You tried to multiply, but you got division. Now pay attention to the numbers of the opposition. The competition is not slacking, so quit memorizing lines and stop acting. Yo, this here is square one, and you back up in it. Because you couldn't reach the masses being academic. You so above that you levitating but most working class folks ain't got no fancy ass education they have oppression it's economic but you put your sword and conventional wisdom and fell up on it now who you want to blame everybody else in the sj house of mirrors all you got is self you got no fight up in you just a bunch of talk like ronda rousey the loss is your fucking fault we gave you good ideas but you sent them back i hate republicans and side-eyed democrats we want what's new and then what's newer and you got cory booker and fucking chuck schumer and, that, and that's everybody and folks like uh, as, like I'll go beyond just like fighting a proud boy. They should be too shook to go to a certain area, word. or they should just word. know that you don't have jurisdiction here. Y'all have word. a little proud word. boy spot over there in like Sunny Pine Hills or whatever neighborhood you live in, 
and I mean it's like uh, how those neighborhoods in California are like this particular like these Kelly Park Compton Crips they're over here <laughs> and these Cedar Block <laughs> Bloods they're over there but and they also know that there's like a no man's land and if you go and you get gas at this gas station it should go down and I'm telling you right now on a street level all right forget about a Facebook post and fucking aunt mildred and uncle racist face like fuck them they don't matter on a street level no one's actually afraid of uh antifa no one's actually scared of them on a street level and i see that as a problem they should be scared of you just as much as they're scared of a crip or a bgd or anyone else they should know that if they run into you that you might do whatever make up an antifa call whoop de whoop tifa whatever the fuck <laughs> but when they know <laughs> they, they hear that whistle <laughs> right you know if you're in southern california and you hear a certain whistle watch the fuck out <laughs> like <laughs> or, or if you hear um uh, uh su you're like oh watch the fuck out you know what's happening and no one's right. scared of that but you know if you see a fucking big old pick em up truck that has a blue lives matter sticker on the back you know that motherfucker's probably armed they're damn sure right. dangerous and they're ready to put in work and no one knows that about anyone on the left right now well, because the the you know that who they pick from the left are all these you know what's the Sean King and all these you know these 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 non Negroes these Negro non Negroes you know they put all they pick all these people you know who who you know they they don't have no heart they don't have no soul and and this this is our establishment or they get these praying Negroes niggas always we gotta go pray we gotta go pray pray and forgive. You know, this is and this is why, again, why we need this country, we need this empire to fall because those black folks are out here. And I'm not going to mention this, this this Negro, man. But he's somebody everybody kind of watching him, Diallo or some shit like that. I don't know. But, you know, he's like talking about like, you know, it ain't, you know, the black street gangs, these black street tribes, ain't they're not going to be revolutionary. Those are going to be the folks that we rely upon when the shit hits the fan. Those those brothers and those sisters on these corners, they know how to survive. They've been surviving. That's why, you know, when Obama came in the office when and, and he wiped out 45% of the wealth, you know, it's it's those those black communities that have been gutted, which we don't talk about. They've been gutted by white liberals, the liberal establishment with people like Obama and, and Max Auntie Maxi and John DeJaus Lewis. And uh, and what's the other what's the other the Negro? But, you know, all these these folks that have looted the black communities, these overseers that have allowed the black community to be looters, the people that live in those communities, they're not afraid of Trump. They're not afraid of the proud boys. They 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 subsist on other economies, on on non-traditional economies where they've made they figured out how to make their community still work. These are the people that's going to be leading the revolution. It's going to be the the, the, the the bourgeoisie black folks. Those are going to be the people that are like, oh, my God, oh, America's falling down. You know, we, we, we got revolution is coming. You know, it's just do we want to now we need to start dictating and planning the terms for it because America's going to fall. You know, Biden might keep it floating for a little bit longer. And that's what white liberals are. We just got to get the empire going back. We don't want our house to burn down. But but it's going to fall. America cannot stand. It's just, you know, the, the, the we, we, we our economics is just too screwed up. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. 
gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Let's talk about the gangs real quick because I think that's I think that's an important topic. Um, we've discussed this before that you know, in terms of dealing with the right wing, is my video okay? By the way, it looks like I'm kind of lagging. Uh, on no, my end, it looks clear. I'm coming through. Okay, all right. Um, you know, we've we've talked about how the gangs in urban areas are really the only people who are armed to the teeth, besides the the far right. Of white people, you know, and so when when race riots go down, instigated by racist whites, and there's tension happening, and, and something snaps, like it's going to keep snapping. The contradictions are going to keep increasing here in the United States. Um, who's armed on the left? The gang. I mean, the gangs. They're not the left, but I mean, in terms of what the left can maybe access, um, maybe the gangs, but. You know, we saw this go down in Chicago, something that a really uh, disturbing phenomenon where back over summertime during the some of the riots that were occurring um, after, uh, you know, police brutality and there was looting in Chicago. This is back, you know, June, end of May, things like that after the George Floyd murder. Um, when looting was happening, the... Latino gangs, the Latino majority gangs actually teamed up with police and they and they they put themselves up on rooftops to protect mm -hmm. private property from looters. And there was actually a point where they were seen interacting with the police um, to to target black people go in Latino neighborhoods that typically right. border black neighborhoods and have some crossover. That's, you know, typical. But like. You know, maybe black gangs are different, but the Latino gangs were ready to be anti-black like that. So I don't know if that if maybe that's that's a bit of a a fantasy that some some gangs are again, maybe they're different. Maybe it depends on the gang. But I see a lot of, you know, opportunism. They might be outside the system and that could be negotiated with, but I don't think the consciousness is there, but maybe the negotiating power, if if the left built any real kind of community power, which they don't have right now, then maybe they could be negotiated with, but oh yeah, I don't think cool. they'll just side with the movement necessarily. Hey. Hey. Get in, loser, we're going super spreading. Trump got the virus and I don't find this super upsetting. Whatever. I got my sights on Daniel Cameron. If I get close enough, I'll manhandle and slam him. Boot a boy, lied about Brianna. You could run my fade, Cammy. I'm about the drama. He rebuked witness accounts that the pigs didn't announce the presence before emptying clips in the house. Remember, Kentucky has a castle doctrine. A blue life needs a pass to walk in. But then I turn around and Trump wants a stimulus. Took long enough, was it that fucking strenuous? Few hours later, the headlines are up. He says until after the vote, the stimulus talks are cut. Well, fuck it, the government's full of suit and tie hustlers. So let's take care of each other, motherfucker. Challenge myself to a rhyme a day. You know, just one rhyme a day. To show you that the kid don't play. <laughs> Ha
hop skippity fresh when Phoenix Kalita does that. And thank you to the homie that made that hop skippity fresh thing. I need to see if I can get that made into a poster. I'm willing to spend $30. I hope it doesn't cost more than $30 to get that made into a poster. Because, um, what? Well, it's hop skippity fresh. Y'all need to stop encouraging him. Hey, somebody just, when I, when, when you think about it, someone sent 20 on, uh, well, which one was that? PayPal. Oh, no. Yeah, 20 on PayPal and then 10 on PayPal. Uh-huh. If a poster is 30 bucks, thank you, Maria and uh, Steven. Phoenix Kalita appreciates what you've done. Stop encouraging him to say hop skippity fresh. Nah, keep doing it. <laughs> um, meanwhile, in California. Right. In California. All right. Sheriff's deputies say... No. They didn't know it was illegal to lie about evidence on police reports. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let me fix that. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. All right. Two former Orange County Sheriff's deputies told a California grand jury they did not know it was against the law to falsify police documents. I mean, Jesus it was a white man, too. I, I, there, there is nothing that goes with this. What? They didn't know that, huh? Uh, it was an offense that led to their firing and conviction amid a, wide, amid a widespread department evidence scandal that came to light last year. Bryce Richmond Simpson, age 31, and Joseph Anthony Atkinson Jr., age 39, testified to a grand jury on September 21st that they were never told it was illegal to write in police reports that they had submitted evidence when they actually had not. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I, they're, they're, the soundboard can only do so many things. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. I was trying uh-huh. to find the Dave Chappelle bit. Oh. And which I can't find it, but it's an it's old Dave Chappelle from the Killing Me Softly before we knew that he was gonna make a comeback on transphobia, literally on transphobia. That's all people talked about that made his comeback. But he had an old bit where he's telling a story about a white friend that was driving the car speeding, and when a cop stopped him, he just said, "I didn't know I couldn't do that," and the cop let him go. Oh, okay. Um, so citing uh, transcripts, the Orange County Register uh, said that the deputies were typically expected to submit evidence by the end of their work days. Simpson and Atkinson were the two were two of the most prominent uh, and according to the report, the worst of the OCSD members involved in the evidence scandal, which came to light November 2019. In Orange County, that's like that extra papered up money stacking place, right? Yep. And so I'm assuming their cops are extra papered up too because they have even more expensive property to protect. Yeah. I'm guessing. I don't I don't know their salaries. I'm just guessing, just just following the logic of capitalism. When you have nicer property to protect, you should probably be paid more to protect that property from I don't know, villainous Negroes and mm-hmm. transgender feminists and all sorts of folks that come to take the white man's rights away. Yes. I mean, obviously. I want to see if I can find another uh, article about this because that one was short. They didn't go into, like, detail about um, what, like, what they lied about. It just says evidence, but I'm trying to see if I can find, like, specific evidence. Like, did they say they found drugs and they didn't find drugs? 
like what specifically you know yeah so that's going on ah jam local <laughs> said the end times equals the virus are coronial oh. times the end times well i mean maybe this is like the eighth apocalypse i've lived through though yeah it, it's definitely the end of a time like you look at it and i guess you could look at it as even more right like all right first black president Oh, look, the kids are trying to occupy Wall Street. Oh, shit, they're fucking those kids up. Okay, maybe capitalism ain't too cool. Hey, look, there's this old Jewish guy that wants to... Wow, you guys really hate Jews, huh? But this old Jewish guy wants to... Mm -hmm. uh, he has these socialism ideas. That's pretty neat, right? Nah, fuck that. Hillary Clinton versus Trump. Really? Not the guy with the socialism ideas? No, no. You know what? You keep bringing that up, fuck it then, Trump. Oh, okay, Trump. All right, Trump does things, ramps up what Obama ramped up, that Bush ramped up, that Clinton ramped up. Mm -hmm. And then a pandemic comes in, and then the president catches the virus. This shit is like a movie. Yeah. It is. The unlikely president catches the new super germ. Fucking I'm ridiculous. I'm not a fan. <laughs> and California's on fire. Yes. And Australia's gonna be on fire soon. Yes. Right? It's their turn. Right when California ends, Australia's begins. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh this is from a this is from the OC register. So they are also covering the story and they say the once routine, routine practice. Uh -huh. uh, so everybody was doing it of sheriff's deputies booking evidence by the end of their shifts as required by department policy and state law was ignored for years and hundreds of cases where evidence was booked late or not at all, according to an internal audit. Welcome to another episode of it's just a fucking job. All right, you know what? You know what? Um, I'm a machine operator, and we do paperwork. And uh, part of that paperwork, one of the things we do, we um, we take uh, some pouches that we packaged. We were we were running. Um, I keep wanting to say Nutrigrain, but I think we were running Nature Valley bars. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this is across the board. A lot. We always test packaging to make sure that it's sealed well and air isn't seeping in or out. And um, at the end of the shift. Uh, my co-worker, the cat that was training me, actually, because these are new machines I've never worked before. Uh, this cat didn't have his last test paperwork done. I saw him do the test and also a barcode test, but he didn't finish the paperwork. But at the end of the shift, you just have to have it done. But he didn't even have his done at the end to the point of where, like, the group leader was trying to asking me like where is the paperwork what's happening and this is a big factory so i had to go find him get his paperwork and get it turned in why because it's just a job and as long as the paperwork's turned in no one really cares and also even though i saw and i knew he did that test he could have just lied on that paperwork that he did it because they were going to reset the machines late that night anyway and no one can check so it's just like fucking and that's what this shit is it's just, ah, fucking rush it in at the end of the night there, Tony. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> so Atkins and Simpson, considered the worst offenders in the scandal, were allowed to plead guilty in June to misdemeanor charges of willful omission to perform official duties. Willful omission to perform... Now, you would <laughs> think that with people that have guns, mm -hmm. pretty much anything you do wrong should get you fired. Well, they did get fired, I think. I'm pretty sure they got fired. 
But also, but hold on though, but how many people got convicted for evidence that doesn't exist? Hmm. Right. Or so, okay. shit that was fudged? Right. Or if they used dog hair to convict a black man? Right. That happened. And he spent like years in prison. Um, all right. So they pled guilty to misdemeanor charges of willful omission to perform their official duty and were given one year of probation with no jail time, no community service, and no fine. Cool. Uh, Atkin and Simpson testified during the recent grand jury hearing for another deputy, Edwin Mora, who rejected his plea deal and was subsequently indicted on a felony charge of falsifying a police report. Mora is a 19-year veteran who wrote in 2017 in a report that he booked a knife, methamphetamine, and a glass smoking pipe into the evidence locker when he had not. So this guy was lying about police reports for 19 years. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right, so Atkins and Simpson told grand jurors during Mora's hearing that they had never been trained on a penal code section, making it illegal to falsely write in their reports that they had booked evidence, typically guns, drugs, money, and photos. What? I mean, I don't even know. Like, you need to be trained to know that you can't lie on official paperwork? Like, is that really what you're going with? All right. Hey, guys with the guns and authority, you're not supposed to lie. Whoa, we were totally going to do that, but now that you told us, we're super never going to lie. Never going to do it. A special prosecutor, Patrick K. O'Toole, told grand jurors that he gave the plea deal to Atkinson and Simpson partially because they had not been informed of the penal code. So does he let other people off for fucking crimes because they didn't know it was against the law? I didn't know. I didn't know it was against the law to, you know, have this many drinks and drive. You should let me off. Hey, I didn't know it was against the law to break the law, buddy. I didn't know it was a lot to break the law. So I let them plead to the less serious charge because I thought it was justified under the circumstances. And I think you will recall about their testimony that uh, not not that the ignorance of the law is any excuse. No, clearly it fucking is. That's what you just said you let them off for. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? What kind of fucking gaslighting? He said he let them off partially because they had not been informed of the penal code and then said, not that ignorance of the law is any excuse. Nigger. Make it make sense. As you proceed to excuse it. But they had never heard of this government code and section. I don't think these people even thought the penal code section applied to them and what they are doing. Carrie Braun, a spokeswoman for the sheriff's department, said the deputies were indeed trained on the importance of filing evidence. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, but all right. Well, I guess the prosecutor doesn't care. Uh, She says, quote, training on evidence, chain of custody and booking of evidence is taught repeatedly in both the basic academy and in our field training officer program. In addition, evidence booking protocols and policy now require deputies to include confirmation of the booked evidence in the report, which is reviewed by a supervisor before being signed off. The department also includes randomized spot checks every month, pulling reports and cross-referencing evidence uh, to ensure that evidence is booked as documented. Okay. And for some reason, that just you mentioning that and then also just coming off of that Kim Davis story just reminds me um, another one. Bob McCullough, the um, the prosecutor that deliberately threw the Michael Brown case, Democrat, reelected, elected and reelected since 1994. Uh, The one who let somebody who lied on the stand. 
uh, he, he did permit alternative facts on the stand, he yes. Did. And then said he knew that that person was lying, too. But he didn't know. Check Orange County. This, this Maybe he know. set precedent. They didn't know you're not supposed to lie. Yeah, which, yeah, actually, folks think that we're making that up. But, no, that actually is a thing. One of the um, people who testified before the grand jury made up a fake story, and they knew she was lying, and they let her on the stand anyway. It was some old white lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was someone who, like, wasn't even there or some shit. Yeah, she wasn't there. She pieced it together through, like, media reports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, any more on that one? Uh, let's see. Because I, I guess we do need to eat the food, and then Me I need too. to get ready for the work. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a criticism from public defender Scott Sanders. Uh, he accused O'Toole of hurling softball questions at the witnesses and acting more like an apologist than a prosecutor and said, quote, O'Toole attempted to convince the grand jury that uh, neither Mora nor any member of law enforcement should be treated severely for writing false reports and failing to book evidence. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but what are you going to do? So, yeah, there's that. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I had, too. Yeah? Yeah. All right, folks. That is uh, Wine Cellar Media Shiayet. Maybe I can um, hit you with a headline here or and or there. Uh, what? Uh, this uh, This is the only... Uh, wait a second. This one's coming from um, the folks over at Fury. Mm-hmm. Okay, it just it has to do with Roots. That's just a general interesting. That's not actually a news story. Yeah, it just has to do with like how deep the roots of like wheatgrass go into the ground. Oh, yeah, it's just it's nerdy sciencey stuff. And um, Daniel Cameron lied about Breonna Taylor uh, uh, killing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everyone's surprised about that. Oh, very surprised. Uh, Buffalo Police, that's Buffalo, New York, uh, no longer requires officers to wear names on their uniforms. All right. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. And a uh, fun one. We all know that, uh, what is it, uh, Bored Panda or whatever that website is? It just oh, yeah. posts everything. Oh, no, the Dodo, but it's one of those. Um, someone has a cat that carries his baby blanket everywhere with him. Oh, that's cute. That's wonderful. Put it on fuzzy praxis, uh, maybe. Maybe. Did you see the, um, in England that a bunch of the Queen's guards got fired? Oh, shit. What, were they, were they, did they get caught with copies of Ding Dong, the witch is dead on their smartphones? <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, but they did get caught going to a cocaine fueled rave during lockdown. That sounds like an American headline, nigga. What the fuck they trying to do? <laughs> well, we, you see, we need to know our roots. Damn it, Europeans! <laughs> we told you to come get your cousins, not be like them. <laughs> God damn it! That really sounds like a CIA headline. Yeah. So, thirteen soldiers who guard Windsor Castle to protect the Queen have been jailed for breaking lockdown rules. They were among a group of sixteen guardsmen who attended a, bu- a booze and cocaine fueled rave at Riverside Park. God. <laughs> All right, you realize that an American organization is now going to try to one-up you, so fucking thanks for whatever headline we're going to have to cover soon. God damn it, Britain. Didn't we already do that with the FBI? Yeah, weren't they like in Brazil or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was around uh, 2008, 2009. So, yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, Way before I even heard of a podcast. All right, folks, WineCellarMedia.com. Folks, uh, Patreon.com slash WineCellarMediaFund. Um, I do post, like, whole 
episodes there like uh like this whole thing that we recorded will go there by itself but i'll take segments from this mix it with talk fury mix it with some a little news and music some soundboard drops create an audio experience Mm -hmm. and put that on the public feed and then let folks know that you can come over to Patreon and check out just a whole straight through episode of like whatever segment you thought was the dopest. Like if you're like, holy shit, that Talk Fury stuff, the revolutionary man. And then you come over there and you can just get a whole Talk talk Fury. Or if you're like, what, that Swapcast, sex workers rights are the shit, homie. And then you can go and get the whole shit there. But they're on Patreon publicly. Yeah. So you can check it if you're subscribed for zero, one dollar, two, three, five, uh, fifty, hundred, whatever the hell it is you is be doing, uh, you can check it out. All right, and that'll be that. Patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. And there is the paypal.me slash Phoenix and William. I'm sure that's how a couple of the homies just hit it up. And there is the Venmo, V-E-N-M-O. It's a relatively newer uh, application, and it's uh, at Wine Cellar Media. And I'm sure a lot of folks know of Cash App, and uh, Phoenix Kaliter has that with dollar sign Phoenix Kaliter. Mm-hmm. All right, we need to eat the food, and I need to click and mix while I let the Parkers play because Countess Vaughn amuses the living shit out of me. Please be as safe as possible wherever you are.